Welcome to this South Australian Grain Industry Trust podcast, bringing you the latest in grains R&D. Canola has been a popular crop for many South Australian producers, if they were fortunate enough to have the right soil to grow it in. However, there may soon be a new oilseed available that's not as constrained by what it's planted in. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and this potential new option is being investigated through research funded by the South Australian Grain Industry Trust. Associate Professor Rhiannon Schilling from the South Australian Research and Development Institute, otherwise known as SARDI, has been researching super high aloic acid safflower as an oilseed crop for South Australian growers. The results are promising. And to discuss them, she joins me for this Saget podcast. Rhiannon, thanks for your time. Thank you, Jerry. Rhiannon, let's just take one step back. What were the drivers for doing this research? So here in South Australia, we have a lot of soils that have high amounts of sodium and some areas of soils that also have high sodium and chloride. So both of these traits, it's sodicity and salinity. And what I was looking for was a new crop that could tolerate those sodic soils and those saline soils where we could actually get a better yield response than growing other crops that we had available at the moment. This low tolerance of our current crops to salinity and the sodic soils is basically restricting the ability of our plants to uptake water and nutrients from our subsoils especially. So I was looking for a new crop that could actually tolerate those soil conditions. I guess I'd spent a lot of time researching salt tolerance in cereal crops in terms of wheat and barley, but I was looking for that new crop or something different that might have a higher level of tolerance than those cereal crops. And another component was there's a new focus on the SA Grain Industry Blueprint, where we really have a need to increase our production of oil seeds here within South Australia. There's a focus on increasing it up to 20,000 tonnes. So what I was also looking for was an alternate oil seed for South Australia and something that had been grown in the past was safflower, but there's a new version of safflower. So a new genetically modified safflower that's got super high oleic acid, so generates very high oil content. And this is something that was developed by CSIRO and GRDC and is licensed by Go Resources. And it's a really exciting new crop. It offers a non-canola alternative, but it's a plant-based, high-grade, reusable, carbon-neutral and biodegradable biofuel. So it has some really good potential for South Australia in its own right as a crop, but also potentially in our sodic and saline soil types. There's some serious drivers there to do the research and you've mapped them out well and you spoke about safflower a little bit but what's it look like and why is it potentially the answer to some of these issues? So safflower is a crop that has been around for quite some time within Australia. It's a thistle-like plant. It can be sown in winter and spring and it really has an ability to reach the sort of subsoil water. It's got a deep taproot system and it's something that also fits into our current farming system really well so it offers benefits for rotations as a break crop and we don't need any new machinery to be able to grow safflower within our current farming system but previously the safflower was grown within South Australia 
but it got to the point where we weren't getting consistent oil quality from the safflower that was being grown. And so it actually declined in production within South Australia until this new development and this new super high lake acid safflower came along. And that's where I saw as an opportunity to see whether this new safflower, where we could achieve that consistent oil quality, because it's been genetically modified to have 92% oleic acid as a product, whether that could now be useful again within our farming systems. So what was the experiment you designed to evaluate safflower on local saline and sodic soils? And I also wonder, Rhiannon, whether you just want to differentiate between those two soil types as well. So what I was interested in, and I guess it is separated into those two soil types. So in terms of salinity, that is where we've got high sodium and high chloride. And what I was looking at there was how well the safflower, the super high oleic acid safflower, would grow in a paddock where I had low and high salinity within the same paddock. And I wanted to test and investigate its growth and its yield across years in those sites. But I also had an interest in whether the lines could tolerate sodic soils. And those soils have high sodium, but they also have a lot of other constraints with them. So they have high boron, they have high pH, so really alkaline soils. They often have compacted soil as well, so high bulk densities. So what I did in more control conditions and greenhouse conditions was compare the safflower lines in a non-sodic soil and a sodic soil using field soil. And I conducted that in a pot experiment using the plant accelerator facility where I could track and monitor the growth and the water use of the safflower plants compared to canola and wheat in tightly controlled conditions, whilst also comparing the yield of these uh, lines out in a field trial in saline soils. Rhiannon, let's first focus on the salinity trial. What did you measure and what did you learn? We actually learnt a little bit about the effects of two contrasting growing seasons. So we had one growing season where we had a very dry start to the year and the second growing season was an extremely high rainfall year and above average rainfall. So what we did, we established the field trials in either starting weight agronomy team. We grew the lines in the low and the high saline areas of a paddock and we saw in the first year in 2022 where we had a very dry start at seeding time that the safflower didn't really like the establishment in the highly saline areas due to those dry conditions plus the salt on top. And we had very poor emergence of the crop in that year. Whereas in the 2023 year, we found the lines responded extremely well when they had sufficient moisture in those saline soils. We tested up to 10 lines of the super high lake acid safflower, including the commercially available line. And what we saw was the plants grew really well. They had early vigour in the saline area and they also had quite large shoot biomass as well. We looked at the nutrient analysis in terms of how well the plants were uptaking different nutrients as well as the sodium and the chloride or the salt within the soil. And we took those plants through to grain yield to assess how well they did in terms of grain yield production. And really the main finding from the saline soil field trials was that That super high oleic acid safflower 
could germinate really well when there's sufficient moisture. It can also establish really good biomass and grain yield in both low and high salinity areas when there's that moisture there. And we also identified that there's some safflower lines, so some of the advanced breeding lines that are being developed by Go Resources that had even better vigour than the current commercial cultivars. So I'm looking forward to those new lines coming through the system and being able to use those and test those further going forward. It does sound like you've got some interesting options coming down the track, Rhiannon. So what about the sodic soil experiment? What did that reveal? So the sodic soil was that controlled greenhouse experiment where I used high throughput phenotyping at the plant accelerator facility. And by comparing the growth and the water use of safflower, canola, the wheat growth in the non-sodic and sodic soils, I was able to really compare how the lines were going side by side with what we're familiar with in terms of the wheat and the canola in the sodic soil type. So using the cameras and imaging technology, we could track their growth rates through time. And we could also look at the shoot nutrient concentrations at the end. So similar to the field trial, we could look at all the different nutrients like the sodium and the chloride and the salt within the leaf tissue, as well as the amount of boron in the leaf tissue. So we let the plants grow for quite a length of time and we could then compare the variation in how well the plants were tolerating the sodic soil relative to how well they grew in a non-sodic soil. By doing that, what I could see was the safflower lines that arranged in their tolerance to sodic soils from lower, around 41%, up to 60%. So there were some lines that were able to grow up to at least 60% of what they could achieve in a non-sodic soil. And we often get that reduction in growth under the sodic soil conditions. So we're looking for something that can at least continue to grow under those conditions. But that was less than both the canola and the wheat. So canola and wheat in the control conditions were still able to have higher tolerance to those sodic soils than the safflower did in that experiment. But what we did find is the safflower plants, they had really quite strong variation in the shoot sodium and boron concentrations in that leaf tissue. And that was really interesting because it demonstrated to us that especially with the boron concentrations, that we could actually select different lines with lower boron in the leaf tissue. And that's been something that's been undertaken in cereal crops for plant breeding in the past, but it also opens up the opportunity now to do the same thing in safflower lines for the plant breeding program could actually select for boron tolerance and that would actually help to improve the sodic tolerance of those lines going forward. So there's a lot of breeding work that still needs to be done with these new safflower lines. And so although I'm saying now that the sodic tolerance is similar or just below canola and wheat, I see there's potential to continue to increase that. And I can see that's the case because I can see that there was variation for things like sodium and boron in the leaf tissue of the lines that we tested. Rihanna, you pointed to some great options coming down the track, but in brief summary, what's the takeaway for growers? So from the field trial work, I would certainly like to replicate those findings because we really only have the one year where we had sufficient moisture to get the safflower out of the ground in those saline soil types. But I do think from what we observed in that year that the super high lake acid has the potential to be an alternate oil seed suitable for 
saline soils where you've got that moisture at the start of the season. And I really think the lines that we've identified in terms of the advanced breeding lines, where they showed strong vigour or early growth and were able to maintain that through to yield within these saline soils, they're currently being developed further by Go Resources. They had really good establishment at our sites and I really look forward to seeing those lines, those advanced breeding lines, progressing to become commercially available in the future for growers to use those in these soil types. Rhiannon, I'm sure there's lots of interest in these options as they're further developed. For now though, Associate Professor Rhiannon Schilling from Sardi, thank you for joining me to talk about the potential for super high oleic acid safflower as an oilseed crop for South Australian growers. Thank you and, and also just a shout out and thank you to our South Australian growers for supporting this kind of research. Thank you for listening to this South Australian Grain Industry Trust podcast. SAGIT invests around $2 million a year supporting research crucial to advancing South Australia's $4.6 billion grain industry. These projects deliver real improvements in countless areas of grain growing, farming systems, soil management, harvesting, storage, processing and marketing, and they also provide technical information to growers. To find out more, visit sagat.com.au.